Have you ever experienced difficulties in life? Problems? Things that have troubled you? I rather think you have. For as Eliphaz said in Job chapter 5 verse 7, Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Life is full of problems and difficulties, isn't it? Thorns and thistles at every hand. And we come this hour, we we find John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 11. John the Baptist has problems. Problems can cause questions, difficulties and doubts. Let us seek to try and learn something about this and how we should deal with it from this passage and the experience of John the Baptist. First of all, we notice that John had a question in a difficult situation. And we look at this passage here. Verse 1, we see that Jesus had been commanding his disciples. He'd finished commanding them and sending them out. Chapter 10, you can read about that. Sending them out to preach and to minister works of grace across the land. And he himself had then begun teaching and preaching. But what of John? Verse 2. John was in the prison. John was in the prison. It would seem almost as if everybody else was out and about working, preaching and teaching. John the Baptist, who had had such a prominent role, was shut up in prison. Helpless, out of sight. Perhaps rather forgotten by many. That is a difficult position to be in. In Matthew chapter 4 we, we have his arrest noted. But it is in Matthew uh, chapter 14 and the third verse we find some more detail. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison. For Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. John had been arrested. He was in prison because he had been teaching about right and wrong relationships. About the true nature of marriage and what was acceptable and what was not acceptable in God's sight. There's nothing new. About that problem. We had the same issue in our day. That he faced. John had been faithful in ministering the word. Even to those who were in power. But it had ended him up in prison. 
That's a problem, isn't it? It's not what we would expect, perhaps, when we minister the word of God faithfully. All we get for it, it would seem. There's problems, difficulties. It would be easy to think of John there in the prison, depressed, downcast, despondent, without hope. But that was not the case. John was in that uh, difficult situation. He was in that difficult position, knowing that he had proclaimed the coming of Messiah, knowing that he had declared that the prophecies that had been long given were now fulfilled, were being fulfilled before them. The promised Messiah was coming. He had said in Matthew chapter 3, verse 3, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. John knew there was to be a proclamation of grace, but that also in the fulfillment there would be judgment upon the land. Isaiah 61 verse 2 it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all of that mourn. This is the message that John had declared so faithfully. The multitudes had come and heard him. Matthew chapter 3 verse 10. We read something of his message. Where he says there. And now also the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit. Is hewn down and cast into the fire. John had declared that God's judgment was upon them. But he was in prison. And there was no sign of God's judgment coming. Jesus was ministering. He had proclaimed him as the coming Messiah. Jesus was ministering. A ministry of grace. A ministry of healing. A ministry of good news. But where was the judgment? John was in prison. And so it is that John asks this question. Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Let us be careful, though, as we think on this question. John was in a difficult situation in the prison. He was very aware of what was going on, but he was thinking biblically. He was not despairing. He was not despondent. He was not disheartened. He was thinking biblically. He was seeking to apply the scriptures to the situation. 
he was, it would seem, concerned that there was the whole matter of judgment. And where was that judgment? And so it is that he asks this question. We should follow John's example. He had a question. He had an important question in a difficult situation. But he took that question to the Lord. He took that question to the Lord Jesus Christ as directly as he could in his situation. We must ever do Likewise, John did not have his focus on his own problems. When he sent his question to Christ, he did not say, please get me out of prison now. I'm suffering. I can't cope. It's horrible in here. The food is terrible. It's cold. It's damp. The gods are abusive. We don't hear a word of any of this. Rather, he is thinking biblically. He is looking for greater light on the prophetic fulfillment. And he takes his problem to the Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't in this question denying that Jesus was from God. He was rather thinking, is Jesus only part of the fulfillment? Is there someone coming after him? We must not become downcast. In whatever difficulties we might face. But lift up our eyes. Unto Jesus. And bring our problems. To him. We have. That wonderful opportunity. Of. Casting out. Our hearts before the Lord in prayer. And of opening the scriptures. To read what God has said. And so, we've seen something of John's question in a difficult situation. But secondly, notice Jesus' gracious reply. And we read here Jesus' answer. It is very straightforward and to the point he says in verse 4 go and show John go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see it wasn't something new that John needed. He just needed the actual 
evidence and the teaching bringing before him again. The disciples had come to Jesus during this period of intensive ministry, public proclamation. And this is what they were to go back to John with. To go back to first principles. To look at the foundations. To hear once more the wondrous truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. The blind receive their sight. And the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Look at it carefully. John had brought this question to Jesus amidst his difficulties. He was in prison. But Jesus didn't have any hint of a rebuke in his answer to him. He didn't just tell John to get on with it. He took time with the disciples to tell them to go back to John and bring the evidence before him once more. And what powerful evidence it was. These are miracles that could not be questioned or doubted. The blind receiving sight. The lame walking. The leper cleansed. The deaf hearing. And the dead raised up. Powerful miracles. Miracles which attested to the fact that the Lord Jesus was approved of God. These miracles were mighty signs. And we have the testimony of these miracles with us today. We have the four Gospels, we have four witnesses, each of whom looks at the life of Christ from a slightly a different perspective. Jesus dealt with gentleness with John the Baptist and his question. We're told, aren't we, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. If someone has been overtaken with a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The Lord Jesus had no problem giving a gentle answer. And so often that's what's needed when someone in a difficult situation has a hard question. We need that gentleness. Some of us find it easier than others. Some of us find it very difficult to deal 
gently with folk. In Isaiah chapter 42 verse 20, verse 3 rather, Isaiah 42 verse 3. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. No matter what your issue, and no matter what your concerns, or if you're having doubts, difficulties, bring them to the Lord. He will deal with you gently. You will find the good shepherd there to lift you up. This answer that the Lord Jesus brought to John the Baptist doesn't actually directly in a yes, no type of way answer his question. He did it by restating the evidence. Jesus to the first part of his answer from Isaiah chapter 35 in a sort of interpretative quotation or translation. But, but Jesus went further for he added the dead are raised up. The miracles that were being seen were greater than the prophecy that had been given. Jesus was answering John in a biblical fashion. He was taking scripture and using it. And so should we. We should turn to the scriptures ourselves. We should have the scriptures at hand to be able to use them to help others. Jesus didn't have to send for a scroll. And have it opened up to find the passage. Do we know the scriptures? Can we use them? Can we use them with wisdom and gentleness to help others? We should be able to. We read in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Of God. Let us trust in Scripture and let us use the Scriptures in seeking to guide, help, and encourage folk. It is God's Word. It is true that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, we can't send messages to Jesus on our behalf like John the Baptist did. We, however, have the great privilege of coming to the throne of grace in prayer. And we can come with boldness. And we can come with assurance. We will receive 
grace and mercy to help in time of need. We can come casting all our cares on the Lord, for he careth for us. In his answer, Jesus placed his emphasis upon the works of grace and upon the message of grace in his ministry. He was showing that that part of the prophecy was being fulfilled in that very day. Jesus did not touch upon the judgment. Why? Because Jesus had not come to bring judgment at that time. The prophecy had brought both aspects together. But in time, there is that great day of grace between Christ's coming with the glorious message of salvation and his coming with judgment. We must not forget, however, that the delay in a judgment is only because God is long-suffering. Judgment is coming. It's very solemn. We must never forget it. So, we have seen that John had a question in a difficult situation. We've seen Jesus' gracious reply. But also, as part of his reply, Jesus promised blessing. In completing his answer to John, he said these words in verse 6, And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. We could add this to the Beatitudes. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. These are words of great joy to all who are looking unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who are trusting in his finished work. You have the great promise of his coming again to receive his own unto himself. Are your eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you heard with joy the good news? That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners? Or have you stumbled? Have you stumbled at Jesus? Do you find objection to his life, his person, his ministry? If so, this blessing is not for you. This is so solemn. This is so serious. You have this day of grace. Today is the day of salvation. 
If you reject the Lord Jesus, not only will there be no blessing, but you will have to face the judgment. God is working out his great plan of redemption, of salvation. His name will be glorified. You have to answer today. Are you looking to Jesus? Or are you rejecting Jesus? Nothing. It could be more serious. You know, it's nothing new to hear people say the gospel is foolish. People today think they're so clever. But we read the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Foolishness. It's not a new idea, is it? The natural man is always in rebellion against the wondrous truth of God. When we look at our world around us, we see such things of horror. And they show the outworkings of the human heart. Sin raging and running rampant because our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. But God, in mercy and grace, has provided a Savior for all who will look unto Him. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this great promised blessing is certain because Jesus paid the price. We do not have to rely upon our own righteousness. It is only in the righteousness of Christ that we can be accounted righteous before the Holy God. Think about John in that prison. Think about him in his suffering, his isolation. We notice that his disciples visited him His disciples did what he asked of them. And he came and brought the question faithfully to the Lord. And without doubt, they took back these words of reassurance to John in prison. Theirs is an example that we uh, should follow. John felt isolated, no doubt, in that prison. But he was able to have that communication with the Lord. We, wherever we are, whatever situation we are in in life, can enjoy intimate fellowship and communion with the Lord. Lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the world. 
Oh dear friends, let us learn from John amidst his difficulties and problems. Let us hear the gracious reply of the Lord Jesus and how he dealt with John so gently and so biblically. And that clear testimony to the person and work of Christ. Let us hear too of this promised blessing to all who will not be offended in Jesus. That has that element, as I say, of a solemn warning to us. There's that balance in the scriptures. Let us, let us ever lift up our eyes unto Jesus. Let us cast our cares upon him and trust him amidst everything in life. We will note just in conclusion here that after John's disciples had left, Jesus had words of commendation for John. He spoke publicly about the faith and work and ministry of John the Baptist. John was a man who had faithfully preached the truth, the truth of God's word in a difficult day. The Lord Jesus had seen that work. The Lord Jesus commended that work. We are reminded, aren't we? Second Timothy 4 verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and Doctrine. John's focus in the prison was upon the Messiah. The fulfillment of God's truth. So it should be with us. Jesus said wonderful things about John. Verse 11, verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. In what way can we be said to be greater than John the Baptist? I doubt that we're greater in zeal. I doubt that we're greater in faithfulness to proclamation of the truth. I don't know that any of us have been cast into prison for our witness. But the Lord Jesus says we're greater. Why? It has to be because we have the complete scriptures. We know the details about the Lord's Humiliation is being offered. 
and the glory of his resurrection. Things which John had hidden from him. We have the completeness of the word to proclaim today. In a sure and certain hope that the Lord Jesus is coming again. He is victorious. He is working out his purpose. Amen.